This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Fired up without football. Greetings, loyal listeners. You are listening to the blowhole on Finsider Radio. On where? Uh, this fu- <laughs> Finsider Radio. We'll we'll get to that one in a second, Rob. <laughs> I know. Um, you have us for a couple more days, and uh, we're gonna use we're gonna use it up. So. Um, anyway, this evening you are joined by my ever trusty and optimistic co-host, the Rob Timist himself, and you have yourself or myself—not yourself, <laughs> but myself. Well, James Radio. Speaking Here. to the speaking to the audience, you. We also have themselves, yourself, audience. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Hey, man! It's the off season. It's been you know, there's been a lot of, a lot of celebrating. You know what that reminded me of is the the Simpsons Smokey the Bear. <laughs> Only who can say fire can prevent forest fires? You pressed you, meaning me. That is incorrect. <laughs> uh, the royal we, man. Anyway, um, as I think most of you have seen and heard, the uh, the the Finsider. Uh, podcast network is uh, being sunset, unfortunately. So um, it is live uh, till the end of the month. So Rob and I wanted to take the opportunity to uh, to cast one more time um, under the um, you know the the SB Nation podcast network and and thank them for for all they have done for us and giving us the opportunity um, to talk to you guys every week during the season and sometimes in the off season. Um, so this will be our last show on uh, on the SB Nation Finsider Radio Network. Um, but fear not, we are um, in contact with the other podcasts um, from uh, Finsider Radio. 
um, specifically Houts, uh, Josh Houts and, and his great podcast. Um, we're going to try and uh, stick together and, and set it up on our own and continue to uh, to, to podcast and, and have our own shows um, together on a new network. Um, so please stay tuned. We have the off season to try and figure it out. Um, but uh, we're, you know, we're not giving up yet. So please, I guess that segues into my next point. Give us a follow on Twitter at T blowhole. Um, you can also email us um, at the blowhole radio at g- gmail.com. And then um, our Instagram handle um, is also uh, what, what's our Instagram handle again, Rob? I forgot what I'm it's not, called. Do you remember? I'm not big yeah, on the gram. It's something ridiculous. It's something like T. I don't even know the the B hole. Is it the B hole? It might be. Hold on, I'm actually I'm pulling it up right, right. now. So why you do that? Also, just... if you haven't already, you know, follow Jake and Josh from the uh, the, the Jake and Josh show, which we're much more prolific on this network, so you're familiar with them. They will also have updates on their Twitter um, about, you know, any new network or any new shows coming. Did you find our Instagram? The Blowhole Podcast. There you the go. The Blowhole Podcast on, on Instagram. So, yes, uh, give us a follow. Uh, we'll update you guys with where you can listen to us. I'm sure um, you know, our wonderful partners and um, your friends at, uh, at the Finsider um, on SB Nation will uh, obviously, hopefully... Uh, let you guys know where you can listen to us in the future when we have a new home and we have figured that part out. So um, it's kind of with interesting. That out of the way, the, anything else you want to add to that, Rob? Yeah, I was just gonna say it's kind of interesting that our Super Bowl run will be in the maiden voyage of our new of our new uh, podcast Empire Network. I think that's actually going to work out pretty well. Exciting times, indeed exciting times indeed so um anyway yes thank you guys all so much for for listening to us throughout the years please stick with us um we're gonna we're gonna resurface somewhere we're like a bad penny right it just can't get rid of us anyway um so uh when last we spoke rob and i were actually in in person together in in studio together drinking celebrating uh you know we lost but we were still celebrating because it was a fun year um and all in all uh i I feel good about where this team is, and that's kind of where we left the conversation off last time. We had some open-ended questions at the time we we were speaking. Uh, Josh Boyer was still employed. Uh, Danny Crossman was still employed. Who he is still employed. Patrick Sertan was still on the staff. Um, there's been some changes since uh, since the last time we spoke. So um, I think I was in favor of firing Josh Boyer last time we talked, and that did come to fruition. Uh, Boyer was fired. Uh, yeah, we we pretty pr- shortly after we praised the, the job he did in the playoff game because the defense played well, and we were curious if that would be enough to save his job, and kind of hoped it wouldn't because, you know, he's he's good at one thing, and the and the uh, we didn't have the personnel to do that thing because of injuries, so. In comes old man Vic. But even so, like, I mean, I, I want to touch on, on Boyer a little bit more. And, you know, even going all the way back to, to the Flores defense and the def- this defense that we've been running, this kind of heavy cov- cover zero blitz scheme that, you know, puts a lot of pressure on the on the secondary, um, you know, regardless of the personnel that we had. Uh, you know, I mean, Flores was, was running it constantly when we had, you know, really no talent the first year. <laughs> right. And then the second year when we, we brought in some good players and, uh, you know, it worked fantastic. And then and then third year was a little up and down. And then last year with uh, just Boyer, it was also 
very inconsistent. I know you mentioned there were a lot of injuries, um, but you you think with some creative scheming, you know, you should be able to get pressure with the four guys that they have up front. We've mentioned it many, many times. They are there's a lot of talent, so you could play coverage to confuse quarterbacks, and the, those four guys are going to get home within three or four seconds, I would think. The, the um, only we didn't really see a lot of that last year, and didn't see a lot of creativity out of Boyer. It was just blitz, blitz, blitz. You know, the only thing kind of disguised it a little bit, but you know, worked sometimes, but not nearly enough. And we were a middle of the pack to bottom of the pack defense. I think 27th in passer rating, 18th in overall defense, which given the amount of talent on that side of the ball, I, I think we got to do better. And it was a valiant effort in the playoffs. Uh, you know, they were, they kept us in the game, but yeah, it, it, I think, you know, bringing to the next point who they brought in to run the defense, Vic Fangio, big, big fan here yes. in James radio is a big fan of the hire. I'm sure mostly everybody was uh, was a big fan of the hire. There was a lot of, Discussion going back and forth about whether or not he was even coming after the announcement was made. Um, it's definitely the most intrigue I think I've ever seen over a, uh, coordinator. a coordinator hire, maybe of all time. I can't recall any other coordinator hire getting that much coverage. But uh, what did you think about the hire, Rob? I loved it. He was the one. He was the top of the list. There's there's not many coordinators that I feel like that make a difference. There are there are the ones, the top ones whose scheme make a difference. And he seems like one of those guys, you know, like a back in the day Rex Ryan or something where like uh, he was defense would come in and they would like, or Wade Phillips, and they would just overnight change a defense and make them a top five defense. And I think uh, Fangio's definitely of who's available was the top candidate. And I think a very good candidate um, and it, in order to turn this defense around, not even turn it around, but to maximize it, to to utilize the pieces and make it work, because he's got a heck of a front seven. Yes, linebackers probably need to upgrade. Need an upgrade at linebackers and need to get healthy in the in the in the secondary. But uh, that defensive line uh, is is fierce. Yeah, middle linebackers specifically. Outside linebackers are fine. So Fangio will run. It's a it's a three four for the most part type of defense. He does run that that tilt. Uh, what is that? That one six formation that he runs as well, which is essentially a three four, just in a different kind of alignment. But it's four linebackers. Two, you know, two of them being pass, pass rushers, rushers essentially that play close to the line, um, and then you have the two middle linebackers. So. We have Jerome Baker and Landon Roberts. Well, Landon Roberts is a free agent. We'll talk a little bit more about like kind of the off season, but um, just a little bit more about Fangio and and his his history. For some listeners that might not be familiar, um, he did, got a start in the '80s as a um, you know defensive assistant on the New Orleans Saints for uh, Jim Mora. He was coaching the linebackers. I don't know, for some of our older listeners, um, I remember that's kind of run when I started watching football. That defense was was actually very good, um, and those linebackers, I. I think some of them made it to the Hall of Fame um, from that unit. So the, 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 those were good defenses, and he's pretty much every defense he's been involved with since then has been a, you know, a good NFL defense. I believe he was the first defensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers. Um, he was also the defensive coordinator for the Indianapolis Colts when Jim Morrow was coaching there. Um, and then I, he definitely had some other stops along the way, but most notable and, and probably where he had the most success um, was the defensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers when Jim Harbaugh was running the show there. So if you guys remember those defenses, they were fierce. They had the 
uh, Justin Smith and Alden Smith um, generating a lot of pressure. They didn't blitz a ton, um, but those were some of the best defenses in the NFL. They also had Patrick Willis, a um, lot of you know really good players on uh, on those 49ers defenses. He then, I believe, went to... Uh, I know he was the defensive coordinator in Chicago before he had the head coaching job in Denver. Um, and that defense that he ran in Chicago was also, um, you know, a top 10 defense, I think, every year that he was there when he was the coordinator. Um, many, many top 10 defenses. Interestingly enough, all the years he's been in the league, none of his defenses have ever won a Super Bowl. Um, but uh, we're going to aim to change that here. So, uh, And when he was the coordinator in De- or when he was the head coach, in Denver, uh, their defenses were very good, and there was uh, one Bradley Chubb uh, was a prominent part of that defense and had his you know most success in the NFL when uh, you know when Fangio was there. So hopefully you know he knows how to scheme and use him, um, you know him and Phillips together. That's a scary thought, you know, as 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 the outside linebackers, especially with guys like Sealer and and Wilkins in the middle. Yeah, he um, prefers to but, prefers to get pressure with the front four. You know, occasionally five, but not going to be blitzing like we're used to. But a lot less man. Um, but the zones in a way to confuse. He likes so Holland yeah. is going to be huge in this. He likes to line up, make you think you're running one thing, and then change at the last second um, to give that you know, make that quarterback think for that extra half second, which is what we've needed, right? You've, you've seen Phillips and Chubb be so close, but that extra half a second of confusion in this zone switching is what's hopefully, you know, what's supposed to help them get there and, uh, and bring them down. So Holland's going to be <clears throat> huge in this defense. He'd be huge in any defense. Um, and I think this helps extend uh, Howard. I don't think he's not going to be asked to be on an island anymore. He didn't see, I don't, you know, maybe he was, I know he was injured, I, but he may have just lost the step where he can't be a lockdown guy, but we know he's smart as heck. So now being able, you know, so being out there, this can actually, you know, add some more years to his kind of lockdown status since he's not going to be asked to just go out there and like try to shut down a, a Stefan Diggs for 40 plays. Yeah, huge benefit to the uh, to the secondary. I think they're going to benefit the most from this. I know I mentioned Bradley Chubb, but you're right. I think uh, a lot of the young guys in the secondary, guys like Nick Needham, Cater Kohu, um, like those guys should, I would think, thrive in this system. There's going to be a lot of pressure taken off of them. Um, you know, not as much man coverage as, as you're talking about, so more disguised coverages. Um, it's going to be – we'll – in the, the second – our second segment of the show, we'll talk a little bit about what we see in the off season, but did want to kind of, you know, uh, and the personnel specifically how they fit into this defense. Um, but we're both huge fans of the hire. I think most people that, you know, are big, you know, football fans that follow the, follow the league, know who Vic Fangio is and, and, you know, just how high profile of a hiring this is. Um, the best offensive minds in the game, uh, the Kyle Shanahan's, the uh, Sean McVay's, uh, you know, Mike McDaniel's, like uh, Lafleur, the guys that run this, you know, this type of offense, these, you know, very creative offenses. To a man, you know, they've been asked in, in interviews several times, like who's, you know, which defenses are the toughest for you guys, you know, to to score against, and they they all said Fangio defenses. So um, there were rumblings and, and things that were said that that McDaniel wanted to hire Fangio last year, um, whether or not it was you know, Boyer was forced onto him or whether or not he thought, you know, you know, with the personnel here, maybe we'll just give him a shot and see how it goes. 
Um, either way, it worked out, it worked out to the point where, you know, where we did get Fangio. I know you and I had kind of, you know, off air talked about hoping that they would sign Fangio last year when, um, you know, McDaniel was hired. Um, well, we get our wish we, and we'll get to see how that we works We did, out. but I also... Next point I wanted to bring... Oh, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. I just wanted to, even though we're, last year we wanted this, we're not sitting here saying dumb, dumb Greer, you know, dumb Ross, you should have listened oh, yeah, to us. No. We, there was, there was a lot of wisdom in keeping the defensive guys happy with a guy they're familiar with and having Boyer and so McDaniel can focus on the offense and let the defense have that year of 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 you know just conti- continuality what's the word i want there some continuity continuity thank you yeah so yeah. i think so so we're not saying that was dumb i think that worked out um and now that the whole team is is going to be on you know on the coach and on team McDaniel and now that you can bring in you know you're not it's not like you're bringing him into a house divided because when you get you know you, we've seen teams where the offenses hate the defense you know the where the both sides of the ball hate each other and that's never a, a winning football team yeah not a good formula so um yeah exciting times now the other part I wanted to bring up uh I was certain Crossman would be fired the special teams coordinator, uh, he seems to be safe. He seems to be getting another job. His special teams unit was um, not dead last in the NFL, uh, but they were right at the bottom. So I was reading an article the other day. I don't remember who wrote it. I apologize, but it was um, talking about this specifically, that maybe Crossman is the one that benefited from the fact that there were so many injuries on the, on the defensive side of the ball because it forced Boyer to use players that were special teams, oh. uh, you know, that, that are normally on special teams, you know, to play more on defense. And it affected the performance of the special teams. Guys like Keon Crossan, uh, Justin Bethel, um, Seathan Carter, who was hurt. Now, he's not a defensive player. He's an offensive player. But, um, you know, he was injured, so he wasn't able to to play as well. And maybe that gave him some sort of leeway. I don't know. I mean, I, I, that's a good point. I actually were, never thought of as, that as much as I did not like our defense this year. I, I hated our special teams. So no, our punt I coverage and our surprised. punt yards were both terrible. It was, we, and that's, that's that hidden yardage. We gave it up. We gave it up all every game probably. And we didn't generate any right. except for the, in the playoff game, Cedric Wilson had, had a nice punt return. That was the only, like the only good kick return of the year that I can remember. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, Morstead, Morstead was, uh, was good. That was the, but I, I don't think that was from Crossman's coaching. <laughs> like, I think that's just Thomas Morstead and his performance. So, um, you know, one of the other things to think about is I may, maybe the options, you know, that were available weren't as good. Um, and then, yeah, so I, I was kind of hoping, you know, that we'd see, you know, a change on the special teams coaching side of the house, but, uh, I guess Crossman will get another year. We'll see how that goes. Um, and I did forget to mention uh, Applebaum, the offensive lineman or offensive line coach, coach. Uh, was fired. I thought that was interesting. Um, and then the replacement, uh, the name is escaping me. Uh, did you do you remember his name? The guy not they hired? Off, not offhand. Uh, I could look it up. Yeah, he was Denver's offensive line coach last year for Nathaniel Hackett. And if everybody obviously remembers how terrible. <laughs> the Broncos offensive line was uh and the Bron- Broncos offense in general. Oh my god, how do we forget that name? Butch Barry. Butch Barry, that's right. Yeah. 
So he was not, uh, it seems like a lot of the players in Denver, you know, had no respect for him. They, they, there was things they said openly in the media about him being an idiot and incompetent. Um, you know, you don't really like hearing those sorts of things. Um, but I guess before he was in Denver, he was, uh, an offensive line assistant, not a head, not a coach of the offensive line, but an offensive line coach assistant in San Francisco. So there's a rapport there with McDaniel, I suppose. And I think a lot of the, I mean, make no mistake, I mean, McDaniel's the offensive coordinator. And I think a lot of the stuff that Frank Smith does, who's the offensive coordinator in name is working with the offensive line. So what, what Barry's doing when he comes in is probably he's, the offensive line performance is not going to be specifically tied to, to this person. It's probably going to be more based off of, you know, what Frank Smith is doing with them and, and what, you know, whoever they bring in, in the off season, um, you know, but obviously there's some level of trust there with, with McDaniel and Barry. So, um, you know, it could be, you know, could be nothing. I just thought it was a kind of a strange situation. I, I, you know, I thought the offensive line was not good this year. We talked about that a lot, a lot of injuries, but I still think it was, you know, a better, performance from the offensive line than we've seen in maybe the last, I don't know, four, five years. That's a pretty low bar, but, um, there, there was definitely improvement. There I was, suppose. we, we were hoping to see more. Yeah. There, you wanted more from like an Austin Jackson or, he was hurt, or an Eichenberg yeah. or whatever, but you have the, you know, the Rob Hunt and the, and obviously Armstead and, and, uh, Connor Williams were good. And, and then you had other guys like shell come out of nowhere and play well. Um, so I think, all in all, it was successful considering where we were starting from. We still needed to get better. Agreed. Okay. Um, with that, that brings us the, to the end of like kind of like the coaching changes and things that have happened in the offseason. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about you know the personnel that exists right now on the team and what we think they might do in the offseason, what we would like to see happen. Um, so please, stay tuned. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys... It's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void where prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. And we're back. So it's going to be an interesting offseason. There are a lot of moving parts, players that are free agents. We have no running backs under contract next year. Um... Don't but we interestingly, have you know, at, at Mike Kosecki most likely gone. So tight end, running back, those are areas I think they need to address. Like those are the highest areas of need, given that we have literally no one there. 
on the offensive side of the ball. And then obviously offensive line seems to be like, we're like a broken record every year. They're going to do something there, whether it's through the draft or free agency. So let's take a look at free agency first. Talk a little bit about the draft. We don't have as much draft capital as we have in years past, but we have more than we had last year. So, um, so that should be interesting, but um, yeah, main areas of need on offense tight end for me is number one, because it's such an important position on this offense Running back, we have absolutely no running backs, but I feel like they'll probably bring Mostert back. I wouldn't be surprised if they brought both Mostert and Wilson back. Um, I've seen rumblings in some outlets that Saquon Barkley would come here. That's not. There's that not spending big money. You we're not. It's there's no way this team can spend big money on a running back. Not with the, all the money they've got tied up. You know. And not with the money and wide receiver and what we need everywhere else. And because it's not, it's a dumb position to spend a lot of money on. I, Barkley's amazing and he would be good, but not for the money he's going to get in free agency. Well, look what the 49ers did with uh, McCaffrey, right? I mean, they're, they're it, it, if there's but, a team that's a similar model, right? That, that would be. But as good as Barkley as McCaffrey is a different, he's like a, he's kind of a different kind of player. He's a, He's he's an X factor. He's like a wide receiver running back in in one. I the Barkley o- is is a threat in the passing Barkley's game as well. Good. Not like not like CMC, but right. he's also Barkley's I mean, he's amazing. But he's also like generational talent. He's great in the passing game. He's great in the running game. Um, I, I, there's some similarities there. I, I see it. I I don't again. I don't think it's likely. I just. I'm just just throwing it out there. That's uh, so the one you know. thing we we disagree on. Um, well, I mean, I agree that tight end you know needs to be addressed. I don't think it's as important as as you as you know as you do because we spoke about this off air a little bit. Um, yeah, and my feeling is you're not going to get a better tight end than Mike Gusecki, and we weren't and we weren't able to utilize him. So I think they're just going to get a cheap blocking guy who can catch an occasional third down or touchdown, but they're not looking, you know, unless you fall into a kittle in the draft, I don't think they're, you know, I don't think I don't think it's going to be a huge focus because the guys who can catch and block and you know, Gronk ain't come, you know, Gronk ain't walking in that door. Like that's right. that's well, yeah, there. Uh, this is a great draft for tight ends. So that's that's a position that could be addressed in the draft. We ha- we don't have a first round pick, um, but we do have a second round pick. Um, so it is something that we could address early on in the draft. Free agency. There's not a ton of guys that are going to be out there. Austin Hooper is a name that might be one to watch. Um, he's a tight end for the Tennessee Titans. I believe he's probably the top tight end in the free agent market. Um, but what's other he... guys that might be interesting. How uh, much Irv money Smith, is Austin? Uh, he's a you say Irv Smith, well, Austin Hooper. I'd rather have Durham Smythe uh, and and pray Hunter Long can do something than than pay those guys. Those guys, I those mean, guys you're not, you're not gonna have to pay them a lot. <laughs> like, like that's what I'm saying. Like, they're not. It's not like you're breaking the bank for them. I mean, we paid Gasecki ten million dollars last year, and for whatever reason, you know, they didn't. He could well, not fit worth in ten, this offense. He's worth ten million dollars to somebody, and we needed, right. and He'll it was worth it, to, and it was worth it to find out if he would fit in. And a part of part of me thinks it's it's a little too much 
the first and second read the first and second looks were open <laughs> like to i mean you need you need, you need a third, a third option. i understand that, that painfully obvious <clears throat> but at the end of the season like but we i don't, need one but i don't know if you're going to get a uh, at, <clears throat> but he did he wasn't it, it. No, he wasn't. Cedric Wilson wasn't it either. And, yeah. you know, Sherfield was oh, Sherfield's more of a fourth option, not a third option. Yeah. I so agree. like uh, you're going to have to address it some way. Like there's got either you're bringing in another wide receiver there. I just feel like you need a, a tight end that works in this offense to make it do exactly what McDaniel wants it to do. And it's not Durham Smythe and it's not Hunter Long. Like it's <laughs> like you need a you need a functional tight end that can block and be a threat in the passing game. Um, so you can do some of the things that McDaniel's accustomed to doing. Like, you know, there's the, if you watch the 49ers and the way they use their tight ends, it's, it's not, I mean, they have other tight ends outside of Kittle, but like they, they use them, they're factors in the offense. And we just didn't really have any of that. You saw a little bit of it of, with Smythe and Gesicki at times, but Gesicki, it seemed like they used him as like a slot wide receiver, never really as a tight end. Like, and that was his thing the entire time he was here. I'd so. be curious. I'd be curious to see what the offense looks like next year because we this did not look like San Francisco 2.0. Like we didn't start running those sweepy kind of runs until the second to last game of the season. Like they were, they were like staples. Of, so I think McDaniel was trying to do put his own stamp on it, and then was like maybe okay let me go back to the bag of tricks and things we know and hopefully this year he gets to incorporate all of it because we need to run more and be running running more effective and and scheming you know scheming runs and things like that and i know he's capable but it didn't seem like it seemed like he kind of fell in love with the toys um you saw some of bit. it like there were there were times like i think the, the, the browns game was a good like a good showcase of balance like where they were there was a lot of creative runs and even the passes were like, you know, misdirections and you're they were getting the ball to the fullback. They were getting the ball, you know, throwing it downfield some. Um, I just you know, expected more a little of bit it. of that in the, you know, the the first Buffalo game where Tua played in in uh, in Buffalo. Um, or I guess that was the second Buffalo game of the season. So the second Buffalo game of the season, you know, we saw some of that. It was very run heavy and the passes were set up by the run and there was a lot of misdirection. Right. Um, but know, that, that all came well. later. So we saw some of it. Right. It I, came I, later. And part of me feels like, and we talked about this in the, in the, the last half was, you know, maybe Gasecki was forced onto him and it forced the offense to look a certain way that it wasn't supposed to look. Yeah, no, true. So, you know, we'll and yeah, we'll we'll see how the offense looks next year. I'm I'm excited for it. I think there's going to definitely be some adjustments and some tweaks. Um, but we'll see how they adjust the running backs as well. So, leading to the defense. Um, so a big change in scheme, but I think a lot of the front seven fits really really well, specifically Chubb, Phillips, Wilkins, Sealer. Like I think those guys all fit perfectly well for Fangio. Um, Baker, I could kind of see fitting Roberts, maybe I don't, and I don't know if they're going to spend money in, in free agency. I don't know what types of linebackers are out there. Um, you know, but I, I know a playmaking linebacker in the middle of the field is something that, that Fangio would definitely want to have, right? Like that's something, you know, Roquan Smith was his guy in Chicago when he was there. And then, you know, when he was in San Francisco, it was, it was Patrick, you know, Patrick Willis and, um, and Navarro Bowman. They had some, some nasty linebackers on that defense. So, we don't have that right now. Alandon Roberts is a very, very good, you know, 
run stuffing linebacker. He's a liability in pass coverage, but he's a, you know, he's a good linebacker. I could see them bringing him back. You know, I could see him kind of fitting in that if they, you know, they protect him in pass coverage somewhat, um, you know, by designing the coverage or, you know, uh, scheming the coverages. Um, but another guy that's interesting to keep an eye on is Brandon Jones. Um, you know, he's, he's really good at blitzing. You know, he's, I think average in coverage. So I don't know if he translates, like, I don't know if he translates well into this defense or not. Um, we'll see Holland will, you know, I'm sure Holland will thrive. Uh, Howard is going to thrive Byron Jones, uh, most likely gone. I think he's going to have to be a post June one cut. If they cut him, I don't know if they can find any trade takers for him. Maybe he reworks his deal. Maybe he likes Fangio. Maybe he wants to be on this defense. Yeah, the I only think way he there's plays. There's a lot of questions to be answered here. Nothing would surprise me when it comes to Byron Jones because it's just I have no idea what's going on. It's been such a mystery. Yeah, there's no way he plays under the current deal. He's owed like it's like eighteen million dollars. Um, we couldn't. Have, yeah, I don't think we can afford yeah. that if we wanted to. So, Qu- quite a few contracts need to be reworked. Another one we didn't talk about: Emmanuel Ogba. I think he could actually thrive in this defense as well if he comes back healthy. Um, but he's got a huge cap number that's going to need to be, I think, reworked if he's going to be a part of this team um, next year. But he also can't be cut, uh, as we were looking at. It's a lot of dead money if they cut him. So hopefully they could, they're able to rework that. Um, a lot of work to be done on the cap. But as I've said many times before on the show, cap's not real. I'm sure they'll figure out a way to get everybody they want on the team and everybody that we need. So um, are you? I see you have pulled up some some potential free agent linebackers anybody anybody jumping out to you uh nobody young uh you got like your Dion jones levante david devin bush are the ones i mean devin bush is young but he's going to cost a fortune like these are guys that are he'd actually be a really good fit yeah um it's I funny melvin ingram Pittsburgh lets him get away honestly melvin ingram's like fifth on the list of and i, I mean i think this list is by 2022 salary so it's not necessarily like a talent, you know, listing. Ingram but. was great. I mean, I could see him fitting on this defense. I just, I don't know if there's going to be, you know, the money or the the need to. I mean, he didn't make back. a lot of money. I, I he made the way he played, made but, four million yeah. last year, but that might be enough to, you know, he might have done enough to get a better contract. Um, I don't know if he did that much. <clears throat> I always like Deion Jones, but he's gonna he's older and he's gonna get a ton of money. Same with Levante. Yeah. He's very old. He's thirty three, but. Um, but yeah, Devin Bush. But I don't see that happening. Not not it. He's like this four. He's going to get a lot more than the four or five million he made last year. Um, this is, it might this be an is area that's first. addressed in the draft. Yeah. Um, I, you know, but well, quite frankly, I don't know a lot about the the linebacker, the inside linebackers from from this draft class. The one thing I would in. love, I would love yeah. to know, because as the optimist, I want to believe, but. We we're talking about third options and we're talking about linebackers. Channing Tindall and Eric Ezekama. Guys that like did nothing, like weren't even used all year. Um like new defense, well for obviously for the defensive player. Um I don't know. I mean like you wanna say are they busts? Maybe. I mean as okay, breaking into the the wide receiver room, you know. I don't know. He couldn't. He couldn't. He couldn't get ahead of River Craycraft in the, you know, in the, in the order. Yeah, both of those guys. Um, and that, that, that's a great point. Like I, I'd, I've seen things, you know, in the off season about about you know both of those guys, articles about them and and their potential fits for next year. 
yeah, as a con look, definitely looked like he could be that guy. Like could definitely be that that third option on offense, but he never never got in there. So for well, whatever reason, you know, I think Wes Welker said, you know, he had a hard time picking up the playbook and like understanding assignments as a conma said as much. Um, you know, that it's a lot different than than the offense they were running at Texas Tech. It's a lot different than the yeah. offenses and the defenses he was seeing in college. Um, a lot more responsibilities. Um, so hopefully he's able to pick it up. I mean, we saw in the preseason he has all the ability in the world. Well, uh, so, so so did Skylar Thompson. <laughs> very true. Yeah, very, very, very true. Um, Tyndall, on the other hand, I mean, you know, we didn't see much out of him in the preseason. Didn't really see much out of him, you know, in the in the regular season either. You know, the, the oh. most game, the most snaps that he saw was in the Chicago game to try and spy Justin Fields. And, yeah. To be fair, I mean, nobody, granted, nobody can, do, can that. do that, but he did not look good at it. Like he was taking terrible angles and just, uh, you know, and he also admitted like he had a, he had a really hard time with the, with the playbook. So I think Fangio's defense is going to be a little more complicated. So that might not be a good sign. Um, you know, but I would, I would love to see if, if they could step up for sure. Um, you know, maybe it's something that gets addressed in, in this, this year's draft instead. Um, Athletically, they seem to have all the talent in the world, but uh, the two of them that you mentioned, yeah. but um, yeah, we don't know. And then another guy that uh, we didn't really talk about, you know, Igbenogany. He should this if he can't make it in this defense, then you know, then then we can definitely throw the bus label on him. I know we've been throwing it out already. I mean, um, bus for a first round, but we but but as much as a punching bag as he's been, I think he played well in the second half of the season, like when when asked to. When the when they got a little healthier, he was inactive again. But there was a couple games where he was kind of thrust into action, and he did okay. I mean, not great, but like he 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 wasn't a, a complete liability, I guess. Is yeah, he's yeah. A I mean, forcing him to be a <laughs> lockdown man corner on an island, like yeah, no, like, like you know, having him you know use his instincts and use his athletic ability, covering zone, you know, picking up guys that are on his side of the field that are coming into his zone. I, I could see him being successful there. I mean, he's athletically, he's very talented. You know, the, the interception he made to seal the, uh, the Pittsburgh game was, was huge. He played very, very well in that Pittsburgh game. So you saw glimpses of it. Um, yeah, that'd be exciting. You know, I would love to see him get a shot next year. So can I play a game with you? Absolutely. We didn't talk about this. So I'm surprising you. I'm going to go, I'm not going to do all of the free agents on the Dolphins roster, but I want to, go through some of them and I want to ask you, do you want to resign them? And do you think we will resign them? All right. Sounds good. I like this game. So Teddy Bridgewater, I do not want to resign him and I do not think they're going to resign him. Okay. I, I mean, it depends on the money. I want a more durable backup. If we have a, I agree. Eric Rowe. Um, I would like to see them resign him. I don't think they will. I don't know how he would fit into Fangio's defense, but I wouldn't be surprised if they did. Yeah, and I think it depends on what they can get if they, you know, to replace. And you mentioned you mentioned uh, how Brandon Jones got hurt early, right? So he's he should be ready to go for the start of the season. Yeah, Brandon Jones will be ready. Jones, Needham, both those guys will be ready for for next well, year. Needham is my next question. He's a free agent. Um, yes, I definitely want Needham back. I do too. And you think they'll? I think they'll sign him. Yes, I think they'll sign him. Yes. Um, We talked about Melvin Ingram. I think it's a. I mean, if I I could take it either way. I I mean, we have so much depth that that I don't think he's needed. I don't think they're going to resign him. I would not be upset if they did resign him. 
Uh, so we talked to Landon Roberts. We don't know how the linebackers are going to fit in. I think he's too one-dimensional as a running down, uh, you know, as a great tackler, but not so much in the... In... Keep in mind, you know, it's it'd be less asking of him, you know, in terms of, of man coverage, right? Like, right. so, you know, if, if you're just having him, you know, disguise himself in his own, there might be something that he's good at. So he might fit. I, I'm not sure. So this is interesting. So we both think one or both of Mostert and, and Wilson will come back depending on the price, right? They'll try to bring one back. It'll probably, if they can bring both back, I mean, they I don't would. think either one of them is getting a lot of money in the open market. Like, right. <laughs> you know, like they I'm, well, fit yeah. this offense. They're, they, they, they're, they're scheme guys for sure. Um, yeah, I think it would be silly not to bring Mostert back. I'm sure you can get him pretty cheap at his age too. And he doesn't have a lot. I, you know how much I like Mostert. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm admittedly biased. Here's the one I was surprised. I didn't, I didn't realize it was a one year deal, but it makes sense. Both Trent Sherfield and River Craycraft. So it looks like we there's a good chance we're getting a new third down, a new third uh, option in the tree. Um, yeah, I mean, depends on I, the I price. I would like if to see someone more dynamic and established. That's more of a legit third option. I wouldn't be upset if either of them came back as like a fourth and fifth wide receiver, or they both came back as fourth and fifth wide receivers. They're great depth. The pieces. problem is, what are you going to do with Cedric Wilson, who's making eight million dollars next year? Yeah, I think you're going to just hope. He plays well. They should have traded him back to Dallas from the beginning of the year. <laughs> Obviously, a, a trade might. I mean, a trade might. There might be somebody willing to take him on. Uh, I just, I, I hated that signing from the beginning. And I, and you were right, and I liked it. Trill Williams. I didn't realize he was a free agent. Hopefully, I like. He was playing really well before he got hurt, so he should be cheap to bring back. I don't see it. Van Ginkle. I don't probably unless unless Vangio really wants him. I don't see him coming back, and I thought he played pretty good down the stretch. I like him. Um, he would. He might be a guy that you could move inside. You know, I would like to see like how he, you know, what what he would look like inside in this defense. Um, but I mean, he's a he's a great depth third line. I mean, yeah, yeah. You're gonna want either him or um, you know, or Ingram. I would think, you know. So if you're if you're not going to, you know, Ingram's going to be more expensive. I think I I would bring Van Ginkle back. He fits as like a third as a third pass rushing linebacker. Yeah. No, That's I like the agree. perfect spot for him. Wow, I don't think they'll sign Michael Dieter, do you? I do not believe so. <laughs> <laughs> don't believe so, unfortunately. He didn't didn't really get a Brandon a shot Brandon here. Shell probably got himself a raise. Oh, I didn't realize he was 31. Oh, I didn't either. I thought he was like I thought he was some young find. <laughs> I guess yeah, he's so been around. Yeah. So he, he's not the tackle. He'll probably of the try to address it with a yeah, with a younger player, I would imagine. I mean love to have him on the as the backup again. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Any, any other names you want to throw out at me? No, nothing like I mean, I don't care. The Greg Littles, the Sam Eguavons, like whatever, right? Yeah, I'm I'm gonna say no. I don't want either of them back and I don't think they're bringing either one i mean i like equivalent in the preseason he's great i mean he's another guy he's gonna be cheap like that's yeah you know it's like a depth guy but yeah i don't know if he fits in the, the scheme that fangio is gonna run i'm sure fangio's good you're you're probably gonna see some some signings that are fangio guys i would think yeah i'm not it, it'd be interesting to see where they go and where they go in the draft because like you know running back is 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 a 
position you can get from the draft later in the rounds and plug in. Rookie tight ends tend to not do well the first year. Apparently, you know, the jump on tight end from college to pro is is much tougher. So if you want a plug-and-play guy, that is something maybe you have to go to free agency more than uh, – but if you're going for depth or something or, some you know, something you can build on or wait on, then you can go to the draft. But we got – do we just have our regular two two through seven picks? We're just – there's no extras, only missing the um, first. We're actually I, – I was looking at it. We actually have um... – a decent amount of picks, I think, in the second and third round. Or, well, I think we have one in the second. I think we have two in the third. And we might have two in the fourth. We have, like, I think we, I want to say we have actually, like, five picks in the top 100. But they're all in that, like, third, you know, third, fourth round area. So. Oh, okay. So, yeah, we have our second. We have ours and the Patriots' third for Devontae Yeah, that was Parker. for the Devontae Parker trade. We got the fourth. We got Kansas City's fourth. I guess it was a send back in the Tyreek from, like, the yeah. three ones that they got. Um, Dolphins' fifth pick traded to San Francisco. Oh, no, sorry. The fourth was traded to Kansas City. We don't have our fourth. We don't have our fifth. That was for Jeff Wilson. So we've got two, three, three, and we don't have – our sixth is went to – also goes to Kansas City, but we have the Bears sixth for Jakeem Grant. Yeah, this Grant. is not what I saw. I saw that we had more picks. Um, is this is this old? No, I, I'm sure it's, yeah. November, um, I, there might be. Yeah, there could I, be something me... newer. This, is, this was following the Chubb and Wilson trade, so I don't think anything else happened after that. Yeah. I think you might be thinking of 2024 because I think we have extras. Oh, no, we lose our third-round pick in 2024 as part of the uh, the Ross thing. What cost us our first round this year costs us our fourth next year. Yep, yeah, you're right. So we only have one, two, three, four. We have five picks. Um, three of them are in the top 100. I thought for some reason I saw something that said we had more. But... Yeah, that's not uh, so ideal. Slightly but... more draft capital than we had last year. Um, <laughs> you know, honestly, the best thing we got out of the draft last year was uh, Tyreek Hill. Uh, was Kohu, who wasn't even oh. drafted. He was a an undrafted rookie. Yeah. So, um, but that was a pleasant, you know, really great find. Um, we didn't touch on the the Tua contract situation. I know you had mentioned it as something that you wanted to talk about during this segment. I did... most likely not going to pick up the fifth option until they see what happens this year with him. I would think so. I mean, at least through through most. I mean, when. I forget when when did when is when do you have to do it? Is it like do you have to pick it up before or do you 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 have up until the end of the fourth year to pick it up, right? So so they can see if he gets through the year without a, getting a concussion like like I don't even want to say it out loud, but you know, if the guy gets two concussions before the middle of the year, you you know you're not giving him the you know, you know you're not giving him the 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 fifth round tender, but you know, he plays like we think we he can relatively healthy i'm not saying he doesn't get a bump or bruise here miss a game or two but keep the head clean then it's a no-brainer yeah um there was he obviously was making the the, the rounds um at during super bowl week um a lot of noise uh, a lot a lot of stories coming up on my on my feet about him uh taking judo in the offseason oh, yeah. and doing things to uh, uh potentially help um the way he falls and 
avoid Balls. concussions in the Are future. I how he sounds like a lot of lip service to me, but also this was it how was he knocks weird. fools like I, out when he's running for a first down. Judo chop. It's just. <laughs> It was just, I mean, we talked about this this year too. Like it was like the first two years that he was here. I mean, he played a lot. He he was never concussed, right. you know, and as bad as the offensive lines were those first two years, I don't know. Like, I feel like this year, like he, you know, the offensive line play was a little bit better and he was feeling a little more confident. He was holding on to the ball a little bit longer. And, you know, that's maybe a little bit about what we saw. So We'll we'll see. I guess we'll, we'll we'll see how he responds next year, and you know we'll have an answer about you know what our quarterback situation looks like. I I would like this team to spend not a lot of money, but you know just find a a backup quarterback that could you know come in and not also get hurt. So that'd be nice. So so uh, we'll see. And here's a question: I mean, do you think with a second year under his belt, like that, Skylar Thompson could be the backup? He didn't look like it to me. I don't know what you saw. No, um, I mean, but I, I didn't. I don't think so. Um, you know, I think third string practice squad for him next year. I don't know if somebody's going to steal him off the practice squad. I doubt it, given the tape that's out there of him playing in actual games. Uh, I think maybe, um, you know, uh, Mitch Trubisky or somebody like that might make more sense to come in as a, yeah. as a backup quarterback, somebody that I'd rather see somebody that's capable of coming in and, and playing in the NFL and making NFL throws. Honestly, um, I might want your two Skyler over Trubisky. And I know he is capable of winning a game. Like he, he, he had to come back against the bucks of, of all teams, you know, like he has won some games, but his ceiling and his floor, I'd rather just take the chance that Skyler's second year, you know, second year is better. I mean, you could get like a, a, a Dalton or or uh, or God forbid, Jameis Winston. I mean, like there's. I don't want Winston. Dalton. Dalton would be okay. Um, I'm trying to think of like other. I mean, guys he might end up. Other. He might end up. I starting. think Trubisky would actually. I I don't know. I, I know don't he's like fine, him, but you yeah, know, as, a, as, a as a backup, like I think running this offense, Zach Wilson. I think he'd be better. He'd be better than Teddy. I think. Well, I well, I don't know. Yeah, Teddy surprised me. I thought he'd play better in there. Garoppolo will get a starting job, but he knows the offense. Oh yeah, he was <laughs> the one that would be perfect. But he's yeah, he's probably gonna get a starting job somewhere. Yeah, you can have Zach Wilson, you know, for a bag of peanuts. <laughs> no, I'm secretly hoping the Jets strike out on all the quarterbacks and have to go with Zach next year. Oh, they wouldn't. They would go with Mike White over Zach. And you know what? That'd be fine I'll take too. The- I don't know if he's a free agent or if he's retiring. I hell, I take Flacco. <laughs> the guy actually, he did okay. Like for a fifty-year-old backup, like as the guy to play one or two games, I, I wouldn't. Uh, he I'd actually, rather have Trubisky. Uh, I just would rather not have Trubisky. It's just there's something dirty <laughs> about it. It's like in my mouth. I could taste it. Yuck. Fair enough. Um. All right. Any any parting parting thoughts, Rob? Uh no, but man, this is gonna be this is gonna be fun. This is gonna be a fun year next year. I mean, this is year two of McDaniel. Two is dialed in. We still got Hill and Waddle. We're gonna have a defense, you know, they're a little more bend don't break than the, the other one, but our but our swing for the fences uh defense last year was a whole lot of striking out so i'd be much happier 
being able to stop a you know half of our third and fourteens, let alone <laughs> would would thrill me. <laughs> Man, I think we can do better than that. So just yeah, excited, I'm excited to see the defense next year for sure. Yeah. Were you going to say something? Sorry. No, I'm just the defense. I think I think we'll I think McDaniel's going to get a little more balance, run a little more, you know, make two will keep up the efficiency, have good numbers, good defense. This is a and I I and the Bills look terrible towards the end of the year. Like I I felt so good with how we played and then looking at them against Cincinnati, I'm like I guess I wasn't we didn't look I guess it wasn't such a big deal losing to that team <laughs> like almost beating that team I mean they look they didn't they do not look like they're on par with Cincinnati it looks like and their Kansas City closing right now. for sure yeah um I think they still match up well with the Chiefs though like so that'd be I guess I, now who but, knows but again they get a second wide receiver because you know they get a second wide receiver and a good running back that's not Josh Allen and they're and all of a sudden you know, maybe, you know, they're still, they're still the team to beat, but they don't seem as, it doesn't seem as, uh, they don't seem so far away in catching them anymore. One interesting thing I saw was Poyer, uh, their, their all world safety is a, um, he is a free agent. Um, and, uh, I could, you know, we reworked some things on our side. I, I wouldn't mind uh, bringing that guy South have pairing him up with Holland. Can you imagine that? Uh, that'd be those pretty two good. back there. That'd be pretty good. He won't be cheap, that's for sure. No, definitely not. But the salary cap's made up, as we've already established. It's not made so. up. It's just lots, it's it's lots of work to do in the off season. It's it's fluid. That's all. Yeah, yeah. All right. So uh, that will bring us to the end of this podcast. Rob, we got another couple weeks on the on the platform. You want to maybe try and do one next week? I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it up to you. Uh, I'm not gonna say yes. I'm not gonna say no. Um. Oh shoot! I might have. My, I just sound like a terrible person. I'm like, oh damn, my father's coming to visit next week. But it means uh, he sleeps in the studio where I record this. Um, but you know, I could put him outside for a little bit to to do it. Um, let's see. I think we could get one in before before all said and done. Um, we got a couple weeks. I think we, we should do one weeks. one final blowhole on Finsider Radio before uh, the blowhole moves to our new. Uh, Wherever our new destination our new blow will be. Home. So. We'll blow out the blowhole on our way to our new blow home. Got it. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I hope you guys are having a wonderful week. And uh, please uh, continue listening. Give us a follow on social media and uh, stay in touch with us. We will be coming back. We'll try and get on uh, on the Finsider Radio one more time before we sign off for good. Um, go Dolphins. Let's go Dolphins!